Okay, so let's, let's get right to it. And again, Hashem, the schut of the sponsors for the whole month, for all our learning, Shachar and Alex Avram, for Rufu Shlema, for David Pinchas, for Mindel Sara. This week is sponsored specifically by Ari and Shira Gantavnik, in memory of Shira Saba, Avram Abraham Irwin, Zichon Livracha, Rabbi Michael and Phyllis Miller, in memory of Dr. Mark Wiener, on, it's Phyllis's brother in his fourth yard site, and in memory of Dr. Meyer, Mike Wiener, Phyllis's father in his third yard site. And in memory, uh, and also Avram and Miriam Deutsch, in memory of Sarah Reiza, Bat Sion, Bas Avram, it's Avram's mother. And in memory of Leah, Bat Shmuel, Yezer, Veliba, it's Miriam's aunt on her yard site. And everyone's, each person's sponsorship really goes a long way. And it also really, um, it, it's, it's a, it just speaks volumes about Baruch Hashem, all the, all the light that we have to do here, how much more we have to do. So whoever would like to continue to help with that, Hashrechem, Tavo Lechem Abracha. Okay, we want to talk about Mashiach today. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we want to talk about Mashiach today. Are there any more pages left? Yeah, we have a Okay, so let's talk about Mashiach. And it's very interesting how when we talk about Mashiach, we have to talk about donkeys, right? We have to talk about chamorim, which is weird because a chamor, when you want to like, call someone a bad, you know, when I say something not nice about someone, you say, that's a chamor, what a, you know, even though in English people don't talk like that, wow, what a donkey. But in Hebrew, when you say someone, whoa, chamor, that's like saying something really bad about them. But by us, the masoret of a chamor is actually something very, very profound and very deep and something that we see throughout our whole masoret. And obviously the beginning of this, the beginning of where it takes on a very, very profound meaning is by Avram Avinu. And it goes through Maishir Rabbeinu, and it goes through our parsha. So what Tzadik is going to show us, he's going to show us a link, how this whole, trickles, how this whole thing kind of trickles down with, a, with an avoda. Not just to show you cool things. It's not Rabbi Tzadik is showing us cool things. Oh, look, he speaks about it, she speaks. It's to show us al derech avoda, Like literally the avoda. Is that door open by any chance? Let's, let's just close it, if you don't mind. Thank you so much. Okay, so this is Reb Tzadok Akoyin on this parasha. Vayarkivem ala chamor. So what, what's, what's going on over here? Who's, who's Markiv, who on the chamor? Where does this happen in our parasha that someone's riding someone else on a, putting someone else on a donkey? Does anyone know? Does anyone remember? Huh? His mishpacha. Moshe takes his mishpacha and places them on a donkey. So you could say, okay, say there. That's how they got around. But whatever the Torah tells us, always, whatever the Torah says, every letter the Torah uses, any description, any animal, any fruit, any tree, any river, any, anything, any description the Torah tells us is basically an, uh, uh, telling us, like, yalla, come and darshan me out. Like, you know, that's what, the, that's what every pasuk is, come and darshan me. Like in Rashi says quite, quite often, enemy krao mer ela darshuni. Like the pasuk itself is saying, yalla, okay, come and get me. Right? That's what the Pasuk says. Come and get me. Come and chap me. Come and figure me out. Come and understand what's going on over here. Why dafka chamor? So Perush Rashi. This is a wild Rashi. Chamor ha-miyuchad shechavash Avraham la-kedat Yitzchak. This, it seems on the Prata Rashi, this is the same donkey that when it says by Avram Avinu that he took a donkey and he put his, and he went with Yitzchak to a Yitzchak it's the same donkey. 
And this is the donkey upon which the King Mashiach will reveal himself on, because it says about Mashiach, the Mashiach is going to come on a donkey and, and, and reveal himself to us. That's a, now, what's crazy is that, what do we know about Rashi? He, 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 he himself said, I'm just here to give you the pshat. That's, what, that's how Rashi holds. It's like any, when Rashi gives a commentary, he's only saying, I'm just giving you the pshat. The pshat, the pshat of the Pasuk says, How did we get from a Pasuk that says, oh, he took his family into a donkey to, the pshat is, this is the same donkey that Avram took Yitzchak to, the Akeda. And by the way, it's also the pshat, that this is the donkey that Melech Mashiach is going to reveal himself on. That's a very, you know, far, by the way, like, Thousands of the Rebbe's Sichas are basically taking Rashi's that are so far out and trying to understand how could this be Pshat, right? And the Rebbe, the way the, way the, way the Rebbe, Babach Rebbe developed, you know, his, there's no one, like there's a whole song about uh, the Avram Fried, you know, about Avram Fried, the song that he has about Rashi talking to the Rebbe, saying, we wait, I waited so long for someone to come and, and, and explain me. It's a beautiful song. It's a wonderful song. I don't know the name of it. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You, don't, you know what I'm talking about? Basically, Rashi's been waiting. Rashi waited for hundreds of years, kimat a thousand years, for someone to explain how, how he could be giving, how, how Rashi could be pshat. And the Rebbe came and basically completely gave, you know, re- renewed Rashi, not renewed, but gave us Rashi. So what is Rashi saying over here? This is the same donkey Moshe Rabbeinu took the donkey. It's the same donkey that Avram Avinu took. And this is the donkey that Melech HaMashiach is going to reveal himself on? So Reb Tzadok stops us. He says, okay. Okay. Let's just be clear. It, it, it cannot be that we're talking about the same donkey. Even though it's not a few... I don't know why he said Alafim, because it's... it's, it's oh, meaning for the future. From Avram to Moshe is not thousands of years, my people. It's maybe from Avram to Moshe, maybe three hundred years. It has to be four hundred, right? Because they thought that four hundred years. Four hundred years, yeah. But Alafim, no. But maybe he means like for the future, the next part. But Melech Mashiach, maybe thousands of years. He's saying so. No, no, it can't be that we're talking about the same exact donkey, Rak. And this is Reb Tzadok is giving us a really important anecdote here. We're speaking about one type of holiness. This donkey is coming to teach us about one specific type of holiness that Avram Avinu was plugged into, that Moshe Rabbeinu was plugged into, and that Melech HaMashiach is not just plugged into, he will plug us all into as well. The same Kedusha. Now we have to understand. This is a little bit difficult to understand. What, what, what Kedusha is this? Shari Chamor Shel Avram Avinu Alava Shalom Nidrash It says about the Chamor of Avram Avinu Shvu Lachem Poim HaChamor Remember when, he, when he's about to go up to the Akeda, he tells Eliezer and Yishmael You guys stay here with the donkey. Shvu Lachem Poim HaChamor You stay here Vani Vanar Nelchad Ko And now Yitzchak and I are going to continue. But he tells Avram, he tells Yitzchak and Yishmael, he tells uh, Eliezer and Yishmael, you guys stay here with the Chamor. And the Gemara says, they're Am Hadomel Chamor. 
that he was saying to Yishmael, you're like an am that's similar to a chamor. You're like a nation that's similar to a donkey. That doesn't seem like that's a holy, beautiful, messianic description of a nation. So what is this? Again, the question is, we just talking about the greatness of this donkey. It has a whole thing of a kedusha, but when it comes to saying to them, you stay here with the donkey, the Gemara says, this is called an am hadomela chamor. You guys are like donkeys. Okay, without getting too much into it, but you have no, you can't come up to this place called Haramoria. Stay here with the chamor. Now we know that chamor comes from the lashon of chomer. What's chomer? Materialism. Shvulachem poim chamor. The way we usually understand it is, listen, you know, Eliezer, you're sweet, very very loyal eved. One day maybe you'll chap. Yishmael, this is not for you, um, because you can't understand that there's a world beyond the Chomer, that there's a world beyond materialism, so stick with, on the level that you know, stay with the Chomer, but we're going to a godly revelation right now that you guys have no shaykhs to. Still leaves us hanging with the Chomer. Is the Chomer holy, or is the Chomer not holy? We give a whole drush on the holiness of Avram Avinu's Chamor. For is he holy or is he not holy? Or who's writing them? Who's writing it? Yeah, so look what he says. Achainyan de Chamor meramez laguf shu achomer. Of course, we said Chamor is like the body, so it's the material. Ube Avram Avinu ktiv vayachavosh et Chamoro. That means, what does that mean? Lachbosh? He's like saddled, right? Vayachabosh et chamoro, meaning shekavash haguf liot bo kedusha. When the Torah tells us vayachabosh et chamoro, it means Avram Avinu totally, uh, he completely conquered the world of Chomer. And therefore, he could be kedusha in it. And when Avram Avinu was riding this donkey, ne'epach letov u'meramez l'kedusha. When he was riding the donkey, it was, it became something good, and it it alludes to holiness. Can I use that word for kippa? <coughs> Sorry. For wearing a kippa. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. Anything on the head. Not just not not just head covering. It's it's also lachbosh. No, it's also like okay. yeah, bandage. A chovesh. A chovesh is a paramedic, right? Chovesh is a paramedic. Not a paramedic. Medic, sorry. Huh? What's that? Yeah, it's with a chet. Yeah. Sorry? He's using both, the chet and the chet. Yeah, but he's not saying it's the same word. He's just he's saying it's the, it's the explanation of it. Right, right. Yeah, he's, he's not saying it's the same word. He's just saying that's what it means. It means that you, you cover up, you, you're able to conquer it. You're able to, like, a, like, like when you bandage something or you put it on your... You're covering it up, meaning you're you're in control of it. You're you're setting the tone. He's covering up. He's he's saying, I got this. This is I'm taking this and I'm elevating it to the highest place. But how do we understand that what it said about the chamor when it's by Yishmael? They were not yet in a state of being part of people 
for understanding that the tafkid of Jewish people in this world is to dafka take Chomer and conquer it. Their avoda would have been just stay away. Not, don't go into this ishapcha, like you could, you could actually transform things. Their whole avoda would have just been sur mirah, because anything that's chomer, by Yishmael or by Eliezer at that point, the avoda was just sur mirah, just go away. Avramavinu's chiddush is, I could turn on the whole world to God. I don't have to be scared of the world. I don't have to be scared of any chomer. I could turn everyone over. And that's why the Gemara says that when the donkey was then put in their possession, that's why the Gemara said, ah, and at this moment, when it's not Avram Avinu writing it, this is like a nation, this is so not PC, this, uh, it's amazing. So I see some of your faces, you're like, oh my God. But it's okay, this is not me, it's Reb Tzadok right? <coughs> It's not, it's not your Abtelika coin, it's the Gemara and Masechet Tivamot. Right? Again, when it's Baya Avmavinu, Baya Chavosh, Kavash, that which is in his possession is elevated. That Chamor gets elevated. When it's by other nations, the Chamor is exactly what they relate to, and they're like, this is me. I'm not elevating this to anything. This is exactly what's in front of me. Now we're going to get to our So Moshe Rabbeinu, what's very interesting is that did Moshe Rabbeinu's kids ever get to Mitzrayim? Do you know, remember the, remember the word we said a few years ago that the whole mitzvah of repeating Leil Seder, to Am Yisrael, the first year after they came out of Egypt, was only for who? Eliezer and Gershom. Because they were the only two Jewish children that weren't present while it was happening. Where were they? They were in Midian. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating, it was, a, it was one of the most fascinating shiurim, it was a parshish year, I don't remember when, it was maybe four or five years ago where the whole Malach of the Shir was that Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching all of Am Yisrael everything besides two Jewish children. Who? His own. And that's basically the... They say about... There's a, there's a, state, there's a phrase in Hebrew, Aben shel asandla olech yachif, right? What's it in English? Cobbler's shoes go barefoot. So... I mean, Cobbler's children. The shoemaker's kids don't have shoes. The shoemaker's kids don't have shoes. It's like... And, and anyone that's like... You forgot your English. <laughs> There are a lot of people in the world that do amazing, great, great, great things. And, they, and those things are really, really great. But their own kids somehow are, are you know, skipped yeah. over in the process. Like yeah, their, yeah. Their own kids kind of get lost. The... You, know about, you know that one? I know that one. <laughs> you know that one? <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. The Moshe, but, but here we're actually going to go into Moshe Rabbeinu's heart and mind before the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim happens, to go and try to understand Moshe, Moshe did know that this was going to be a problem. Moshe knew the great man, even though he's not married at the burning, uh, at the burning bush, right? Is he, no, is he married already? Did he have kids by the burning bush? Is it before or after? I'm, I'm, I'm lost right now. I think he did, because right after they get married, it says that he has the first child, Gershon. 
So one of the things that maybe like he's not he doesn't say, but it's kind of over there in the argument because he starts arguing with Hashem, should I go? Should I not go? Because like why me? Why not someone else? Is this really? What's the whole point of this whole shlichus? That maybe he was also saying, do you really expect me to be a father that can also be involved with his own children while I'm busy leading all of Am Yisrael? That's just my, I'm just, stop, I'm, I'm like, you know, taking it to an extreme, only because of this piece that we're going to see right now. V'chen Moshe Rabbeinu Lava Shalom. Ma shelakach ishto ubanav lemitzrayim, af sheolech leotzit Yisrael misham, velama holicham lemitzrayim. The plan, in the beginning, but he was going to take them to Egypt. But why should he take them to Egypt if the whole point is that he's going to take everyone out of Egypt? Meaning, well, that's what Rabbi Tzadik is saying. Why was the plan of Moshe Rabbeinu initially to take his family to Mitzrayim when he knew that the shlichus is, I'm going to get everyone out of here? Why? He knew the house that Tzipporah came from. Maybe his father-in-law impressed him a little bit, but he knew that they're basically it's you know, the height of Tuma Midian, the Tuma of Midian, the Avodazar of Midian. So he didn't want them to be, even though Egypt wasn't exactly, you know, the old city, <laughs> but in, maybe in comparison to Midian, I don't know. But he was nervous, he was scared that they were going to get so caught in Midian. Now, what, what, what are one of the things we know about Midian, about the Klippa of Midian? I mean, you have to go a little bit later in the Torah. You got to go to like Sefer Bamidbar, the end of Bamidbar. What, 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 do you, what do we know about the people of Midian, the Midianites? Midianites. It's amazing. That, that energy is still very much in the air today. The, the Midianites, the Niuf, the, the, the Midot Megunot, are the, the horrific Midot. This is, this is the Klippa. It really originates in Midian. And the Midianite women were able to many times, unfortunately, make us fall. Why should I have smelled that already back then? So he's like, I can't leave them there. I can't leave them there. How are they going to conquer it? How are they, they going to conquer such a dark thing? He wanted his children to also be amongst those that received the Torah right after Yitzhak Mitzrayim. That's why, he, that's why he wanted to take them to Egypt. That's why the Torah tells us, The Torah is not just telling us that he put them on a donkey. This was his kavana. gave us a crazy chiddush here. Look at the first three words of this teaching today. The pshat is, he put them on a donkey to start journeying. The pnimius of it is, that Reb Tzadok is saying to us, that Moshe Rabbeinu was doing Chinuch 101. 101. He was putting his heart and soul into showing his children how a Jew lives in this world by conquering the Chomer. Vayarkivem al hachamor. That he, uh, he, he, he led them, he put them on to the Chomriut. Right then and there. This is the first interaction that we see between Moshe Rabbeinu and his children. And in fact, one of the only ones, actually. It's the very mysterious relationship. We, we don't have a lot at all. Bichlal, Moshe Tzipora, Gershom Eliezer, it's very interesting. 
by some of the greatest, greatest people, we have zero, we have zero to little interaction between father and son, father and daughter. Sorry? I think that because we don't hear a lot about them, we, we're led to assumptions like that. Listen, there's one of the sons of the Alter Rebbe, without getting myself into too much trouble, right? <clears throat> we don't know. It's very interesting. We don't really know what happened to him. Now, because we don't really know what happened to him, I read, I've, I've read works on describing how this son checked out and went to the other side. Um, but, <clears throat> but it's not always necessarily so. The Baal Shem Tov had a son. Do you know anything about the Baal Shem Tov's son besides maybe one, one story? <clears throat> the Baal Shem Tov had a son. We know his daughter, right? Rabbi Nachman's grandmother. But the son, we know, we know very, very little. Very little about him. But, the, but Rabbi Tzadok is saying, even the little that we know about Moshe Rabbeinu, he was teaching us the first thing parents have got to ingrain in their children when it comes to giving them over the secret of Yiddishkeit. And the secret of Yiddishkeit is not that the world is evil. The secret of Yiddishkeit is that the world is waiting to be conquered by you. By, it's not this is like a Chabad, like a, a Shliach's, you know, <clears throat> this is like a, a Shliach's curriculum, a Chabad Shliach's kid that learns about the world. They go out to God knows where, to know there's nothing going on there. The world is waiting to be conquered by you. You know, the last, the last few words of the Piyasetzner Rebbe is Chovas HaTalmidim. After he finishes to give so much strength to, to children to believe in themselves. Remember this? When, when Tiffany and I finished it. So she said it. She, oh, she said it at her bat mitzvah. She's, she basically ended her, because we learned Chovas HaTalmidim together, me and Tiferet, for bat mitzvah. She, so she ended by saying what he said. Achshav, Bachur, Lech, now go and conquer the world. Now, after you've learned how to believe in yourself and how much Hashem believes in you, go and conquer the world. So even though we barely know anything about Moshe Rabbeinu and his, and his two sons, this Reb Tzadok, to me, is a game changer in, in understanding the world of Chinuch of Moshe Rabbeinu. And he ends, and he continues this paragraph by saying, he basically bandaged, if you will, right? He covered up over the chomer of the chamor in order to put kedusha into the chomer. That's what the Torah is telling us about Avramavinu's chamor. Is that, do you want to say something? <laughs> Just what? Um, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, okay. So when we were talking about, I'm wondering about last week. What we were talking about last week um, about this idea of like when to conquer, right? Like when to approach something and when to. I'm trying to remember last week's year. Uh, I think it was last it, week. So I'll, I'll remind you. Um, we were talking about there shouldn't be any shame in in not approaching something if because there are times when we're not ready, right? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, uh, the yeah. Sunday. Okay, sorry, not the, right. Sunday, last a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Baruch Hashem, it's good that we. Yeah. Um, so this idea of so it, it sounds like it ties in with like Eliezer and Ishmael, like they weren't ready to kind of like approach. Oh um, right, right. We said that certainly Sion was nachon that they could. 
certain nisyonos are, are basically a sign to ref, that the that nisyon is, are you going to refrain yeah. or think that you're ready to go nachon? Right, right. It sounds a little bit different, like, meaning it sounds like, right. oh my gosh, we have it enough to like, kind of like conquer and approach and like, go alachamo. Like, that's what it sounds right. like. So it sounds like it's almost a little bit like we're being given a little bit more chizuk here. Yeah. Saying like, yalla, just like. Yeah. Um, Mamash. Um, like the chatchila is that kind of thing, like. You have it to like, like approach it, yes. um, and also it just sounds like because of what you were saying, Moshe sure, Rabbeinu, how he didn't teach his children, but it sounds like like he didn't teach his own children Torah, but it sounds like this is the Torah that he taught them. That that's exactly what we're saying. Right. That's exactly exactly what we're saying. Thank you for just you know saying it clearly. Exactly. This is the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu gave over his children. Mm-hmm. To the rest of the Am, he had to give them over details, mm-hmm. details upon details. Mm-hmm. To his own children, maybe because he knew. I don't know how much time I'm going to have to be with them. I got to give them the, the uh, you know, Rosh Prakin or the Rosh Perik. You know, the, the, most, the, the most important Yesod, foundation of what, uh, what the rest of the Torah is standing on. I have a question. With Bilam, it was also a donkey, right? Sorry? With Bilam? Mm-hmm. Also a donkey. They were never mentioned as a donkey. A ton. A ton. A ton. So the Zohar, yeah, the Zohar goes into that because because of weird, inappropriate stuff. Yeah, in the cave. I don't want to get into this. It's... No, 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 not just because of sneer. It's amazing. Chamor. Nachon. There it's a ton. Yeah. A ton. A ton. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And what's a female donkey? I always just thought it was a donkey. I thought it was a chamor. I didn't know there was a separate word. No. What is a female donkey in English? She just said that. Oh, in English? I, I don't know if there is. A, a she donkey. No, that's what I'm saying. It's the same. So when you translate it, like, you know, even though... You think it's a... Right, 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 right. When you're learning it in English, you know, yeah. Hebrew to English, we're going to read Chumash. Nechon, nechon. So, what did we do so far? Like, what did, what did, we, what did we get to so far? The Chamor of Avram and the Chamor of Moshe. The Chinuch of Avram and the Chinuch of Moshe. But Rashi ended off by saying that this is the Melech HaMashiach. The Melech HaMashiach is going to come and reveal himself on a donkey. So look at this. V'zehu she'katuv, v'hu she'atid, in the second to bottom paragraph. This is what it says when it's written. She'atid Melech HaMashiach lehigalot alav. The dagesh is on the word on him. It says the Melech HaMashiach is going to be revealed, revealing himself on a donkey. So usually the way we understand is that he's going to be coming, riding on a donkey and waving and saying, hey everybody, magic carpets, here, come. The way Reb Tzadok is saying, he says, no, no, no. Melech HaMashiach reveals himself through the avoda of al-hachamor, of conquering the Chomer. This is the whole chiddush of Melech HaMashiach to show the whole world you can conquer everything. You can flip everything over, yeah. The way he it's says it metaphor, here. Not the way he's giving the parish here is, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry if that ruins... Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, because he... <laughs> As kids, you're always... Nachon, nachon. So, so Reb Tzadok is, is so beautiful. He's saying, he's saying, again, What does it say about Mashiach? Ani v'rochev al-achamor. Someone that's poor and will be riding a donkey. We'll explain this in a second. Shehu yif'ol az, shekol Yisrael yichbeshu achamor, all of Am Yisrael will be, will conquer the chamor, this being stuck in this world stuff. 
שאז ישחוט השם יתברך ליצר הרע מכל וכל, and then השם is going to just finish off the job and shecht the יצר הרע completely, ואז יהיה הגוף מלא קדושה, and then the goof, when it's, will be only filled with holiness. Everything about our body will just be holy. You know, one of the questions is, why do we need a body in the time of Mashiach? Why don't we just, uh, how come it's not just souls, you know, walking around the chuz? But no one holds that it's, that it's a non-body reality. Everyone holds it's going to be a physical reality also, right? Why? Because then the, 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 physical, the, the usage of the physical form will be completely, completely, completely filled with Kedusha and the Dea of Hashem, and the knowledge of Hashem. Umala ha'aretz Dea And this, Reb Tzadok says, comes from a, the Totsa'ah of Al HaChamor. You are on top of the Chomer. The Chomer has nothing anymore. The Chamor does not call any shots anymore. Nothing. Just the Kedusha that's now inherently in you, and the Dea Amadas of Hashem. Bekatav Ani, and why does it refer to Mashiach as Ani? Shezeifol al yedei sheyeda sheakol ma'ashem itbarach ve'yeshafel be'enav. Va'yedei anava zochim liot rochev al achamor. How do you reach a place that you are riding the donkey, that you are on top of the chamor? It's not because you realize how powerful you are. It's because you realize how powerless you are, but how powerful Hashem is. And when that notion of how, we're, how clear it is where the koach comes from goes into you, that's considered to be like you mitzidcha. You realize, ani, ani, I'm nothing. I'm poor, I have nothing. But that makes space for Hashem to be like, ah, if you've realized that, now I can show up in you and give you the tools the Yerkov al-Hachamor. The Yerub said it, if you're so mit'akesh that you know what to do, but you need a little bit of Eitzah from Hashem to finish off the job. So he said it's like someone that wants new food, but they're insistent on their old herring from their Bubba's recipe, right? So Hashem's looking at your plate, and you're like, no, this old herring has to be here. So Hashem says, okay, just enjoy your old herring. I can't, I can't help you. If you're willing to throw away this plate, chuck it, I want to give you something completely new. That's a person that realized, that person has to realize, no, I'm Ani, I'm nothing. So Ani leads you to become Rochev Alachamor. And Ani can Lirkov Alachamor. It's beautiful, right? Will we'll be this this energy and person, because we believe it's a person that's coming to let us know, to come and redeem the whole world, that will come and show us how it's possible, how this is all possible. Now, this leads us to really becoming little Mashiachs, each and every one of us, until Mashiach comes, that anytime you can show someone how it's possible to conquer a little bit of chamor, you're bringing Mashiach into the world. You're a shtickle Mashiach. Anyone, anyone that helps someone else to come and bring a little bit of, of conquering places they thought they couldn't conquer, this is, this is a Mashiach Shlichus. Um, I'm reading a, a really wonderful book now called, it's, a, it's the life story of Rabbi Tzvi Aryeh Rosenfeld. I think it's called Legacy. Is it called Legacy? 
Spider-Man. And Tzvi Ayi Rosenfeld is Rabbi Chaim Kramer's father-in-law, Rabbi Nassim Maimon's father-in-law. These are the pioneers of, he was the pioneer of Breslov in America. His great-great-great-grandfather was Rabbi Aaron, the Rav of the town of Breslov, who was one of Rabbi Nachman's close disciples. Anyway, he was like operating in Brooklyn in the 50s, doing Kiruv in the Syrian community, when it was completely unheard of. And he was getting threatened by parents for kidnapping their children, brainwashing their children. It's amazing stories in there. The cops would come to his house because parents would say, this rabbi has kidnapped their children. Oh, crazy stuff. And he would get fired from job to job, but he knew that he was getting kids to, to conquer their taivas and to conquer money, any type of taiva you could imagine. And when I, I just read this on, two nights ago where he, he, someone was saying, aren't you sick and tired of of being hunted down here? Like, don't you want some peace and quiet? He's like, do you know who gets peace and quiet in the next world? Anyone that tried to help someone else conquer something. They get, they get the greatest peace in the world. Anyone that was busy down here helping someone else conquer something. These are people that, don't worry about me, I'm fine. I know where I'm heading to, you know? So this is how I see it from Reb Tzadok over here saying, this is basically what Mashiach, Mashiach is going to do, is to show the whole world you can conquer it, right? That's what Avram did to Yitzchak. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing to get to his, to his family as well. And that's why it's going to be with Mashiach too, is because the Mashiach energy is the world and its powers have nothing on us. And that was the Rebbe also, if you think about it. That was the, who, who more than the Rebbe in this last generation gave tools for a whole world to conquer darkness. Who, who did it more than him? No one. No one. But he believed in Rochev ala chamor, that a Yid can, can, rock, can be on top, over the Chomer, over, over the materialism. It's also this concept that I say, um, um, I think it's like a chassid, like meaning every individual can influence your surroundings. It's like the same, it's the same idea. 100%. I like the word uh-huh. influence more than why women women can conquer no I like more. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no one it's the uh, image, uh, image of war yeah, yeah. yeah. It it's 2023 women can right it's funny because when I say conquer I don't think of anything uh without a smile I, I Conquering to me, I see Rav Ginsburg going like this. I, I, it's weird. I, when I say conquer, I probably feel what you're feeling when you say influence. Okay. <laughs> Semantics. No, I know. I know. It's a war. It's a It is a war. Yeah. It is a war. Listen, you conquer with chain. What <laughs> I mean you conquer with charm? Yeah. You, you but you don't influence. Influence can be like, oh, I'm a shpia. Like, hopefully, you're gonna now learn halacha a day. Conquer is Flipping over your home, it seems. So we need that a little bit, you know. We need that. When your Abba sings, he's, he's, he influences. I think he conquers. No, I think he conquers a crowd. I think when he does his magic, it's not influencing. At that moment, ukavash et You know what I mean? We mean the same thing. We mean the same. Knowledge and there's a piece they teach. So, conquering is really much 
Um, but Mash- not, not for Mashiach. No, but for influencing people. You know how I mean, you know, I'll, I'll say the, a beautiful line from Rabbi Nachman that became a, a gorgeous tune from Karduner. Mashiach yichbosh, et kol haolam, bli yeria achat. So that's a perfect line for what we're saying. Mashiach will conquer the whole world without one gunshot. Mashiach yichbosh et kol haolam, bli yeria achat. Nachon. Second to bottom line. V'chen Moshe Rabbeinu, shaya anav me'od, anav mikol ha'adam, he was the most humble. He was the Ani of Ani. It's not Ani that he was poor. He was actually very, very rich later on. But he was Ani, understanding that it's only because God revealed himself to me at the burning bush that I have anything. It's not that I did anything. It was God's decision that I should have something. Pa'al lezar'o, influenced, here, it's here I would say influenced or impacted his children, sheyuchlu lichbosh et ha'chamor, ulachnis kedusha be'aguf. That's what these three words mean. You know what's so amazing? Is that Parashat Shmot is unbelievable. It's, every year it blows my mind. And this part is funny because you think you're coming off of these crazy parashas with, you know, Bereshit. So Shmot... Now, Shmot, I don't know, the energy shifts, and it is just, it is so thrilling, and it's so deep, it's so deep, every Pasuk. But if I ask people, okay, let's choose three or four or ten exciting moments in Parshat Shmot, right? I, right? And, and it would not be Vayarkivem Malach Amor, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so, right? And here we have Reb Tzadah coming and showing us Let's go into these three words. Pay attention to Rashi there. And it's a cloud though. Whenever Rashi mentions anything about Geula and Mashiach, you have to run to the Rebbe, to the other Tzadikim, because someone's going to have something on it. No one's going to leave the Rashi like that. Just dry. There's no way. So, so Alavai, Be'ezer Hashem is Baruch, that when we read the parasha of the Shabbos, Vayarkivem al-Achamor, not only should we know, oh, I know what Reb Tzadok said, but that I should feel that I could gently, <laughs> peacefully, warmly conquer <laughs> the whole world. Okay, shakar <laughs>